When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. Uh, that's when my man Patrick, the Idealionaire, plays uh, some songs for us that are supposed to uh, hint to what the new theme of the day is. And um, basically, we're supposed to use our uh, intellectual prowess to try to figure that out. Uh, I did not really use any intellectual prowess. I just uh, guessed birds. Because the songs had birds in it. Turns out I was right. National was Bird Day today. So we're celebrating National Bird Day with new theme Thursday. And of course, when doves cry, it, it may, I don't know, it's, it's definitely one of the top bird related songs out there. It's, it's up there. It's got to get played. It's got to get played, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm with you on that. Nah, it's a great song, too. We did. When did we do this? When per- was Purple? We did a Purple new Rain theme Thursday for. No, it was uh, Purple Rain the music. It was Purple Rain the soundtrack. Yes, that's what we did. Uh, it was Purple Rain because we were between TCU and Kansas State. Yeah, that's right. Great job. I want to give my man Patrick DJing a new theme Thursday. All right, you can be a part of the show. Specs text line, best way to do it 512 337 3776. Speaking of tears, uh, a lot of tears uh, on the 40 acres. Uh, a lot of people uh, upset, uh, and uh, it is official now. Chris Beard is out. He has been fired. Uh, And uh, for the uh, situation that he found himself in, he was arrested. Uh, We all know the story. Won't go into much detail. He did have his first court appearance coming up uh, later this month. The uh, University of Texas did not wait for that. They decided to act, um, and they decided to uh, move on from Chris Beard. And now Rodney Terry, officially the interim coach on the 40 Acres. Um, I feel like it was something that the – that the University of Texas had to do. Yep. Um, the court of public opinion oftentimes um, is, you know, really influential and uh, can compel these institutions to make these sort of decisions. So for some saying, hey, you know, he's innocent till proven guilty. That is the case in the legal system. Um, but in the court of public opinion, oftentimes that is not the case. And the narrative had already been set. Uh, and I think there were some attempts by his fiance slash partner and also by his lawyer to try Mm -hmm. to shift the narrative uh, that he, you know, had either reason to or there was some type of misunderstanding with this uh, domestic violence incident um, at Chris Beard with Chris Beard at home. Um, And I think the university felt otherwise once they did their due diligence. I believe the details led them to one inevitable conclusion, which was. Chris Beard may end up with these charges dropped, reduced, whatever. That's not their concern. Their concern is now whatever happened was 
conduct that was not only unbecoming of the universe of a coach at the University of Texas, but also something that moving forward, um, they could not let him represent the brand going forward. Yeah. And it's an unfortunate situation all around when you start, when you take a step back and you look at it, what's going on in other people's homes and what has happened outside of it. But when you become the head coach of the University of Texas and you, uh, it's a, like I said, it's unfortunate, but when you start looking at the entire picture of it all, when you look at a university that has over 30,000 uh, female students, uh, faculty members, administrators, there's other people that are involved and they're about to come back to school. They're all going to be on campus, and you got Title IX. You've got uh, people talking about making sure that you're looking out for the females at the university, harassment and things like that. Domestic violence is nothing to play with. No. And once I'm with you, once that 911 phone call was made, it kind of made it, it kind of backed the university in a corner. I mean, there's no other way around it, because if it would have been another administrator at the school, whether it was a teacher, a janitor or someone else working in the mm-hmm. front office, they would have been fired as well. And the contract states contract conduct unbecoming. Um, that was their probable cause. I mean, there were, that was their cause in that situation mm-hmm. where they had an out. But it's unfortunate for Chris Beard. And, and let's just go to the the basketball side of it for a second we talked about this earlier you talked about the new arena you talked about the recruiting and how things are happening Mm -hmm. here he went out and got the the student section he wanted that corral there got everybody involved and, and had the university backing this basketball team the arena was built everything was lining up perfect and then this happens and then you got to try to you know, corral every, not to use that word, but try to get everybody else back on the same page and the focus. So Coach Terry is taking over this team, and he's done a great job up until this point. But the, the, the cloud has been hovering around because there hadn't been a conclusion to it yet. Mm-mm. Now there's a conclusion. Now we're going to be able to move uh, forward. And now the team understands who their leader is now. They're, they're, this is who you're playing for. This is what we have. We're, we're all we got. And we talked about the leadership of those senior guards and those players that big. have been here. Yeah. This is the time for them to lead this team. And now I'm looking at Rodney Terry and saying, you've been a head coach before. You've run teams before. Now this is your opportunity at a university that you've been here before. You've been, you worked with Coach Barnes. Now you have your opportunity now you get a chance to run with it, and you got to make the most of this situation. For Chris Beard, I wish him nothing but the best for him and his girl. I hope that they figure everything out. But I promise you this. I, I, I promise you this. This is not the first time that something like this has happened between these two because it's not a, it, it doesn't seem to be a one-off situation. If you go back and you talk to people that were in Lubbock, and, that, and whether they're being haters or not, there's stories that are out there as well. Yeah, no, it's uh, and, and I'm with you. I hope they get the help they need. Um, they, yeah. if they want to stay together as a couple, then get help as a couple. And if they don't want to, st- if they decide, you know what, we're just too damn volatile together. 
All right, we can't be together. It's a little toxic. Then go your separate ways. But obviously, whatever happened between them escalated to the point where neither one of them could control themselves. Right. Um, and Chris Beard should have removed himself. I know he did, but he should have removed himself from the equation before it escalated to the point where he got physical. And uh, you know, now, uh, unfortunately, he's got to pay the price for that. And I think Texas is going to pay the price for it, too, because you brought up a really good point, Harge. You know, Chris Beard did a lot of things really well here in the short time that he was here. Uh, but one of the things he did was uh, get this uh, connection, force this connection with the student body yep. and uh, really got them motivated and really got them invested in the Texas basketball program. I'm sure that the next coach, Ronnie Terry, if that's him, um, can pick up where Chris Beard left off. Uh, but he was committed to that and actually put time and invested in it. And at, at, it paid huge dividends. You do have, you know, a motivated uh, student body, but because of what Chris Beard did, you got a brand new arena, mm-hmm. one of the uh, probably one of the most state of the art uh, basketball facilities in the country at this point, if not the uh, most state of the art basketball facility in the country. The roster, that's going to be a question because some of those guys came to play for Chris Beard. Uh, hell, you've already talked. We talked about it hard in the breaks already. It's already, and you know it, already yep. coaches from other programs that are looking at the Texas recruiting uh, class and the commits and saying, oh, excellent. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, 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 and why not? And that's just part of the game. Uh, they're looking to poach those guys because a lot of those guys were committed to Chris Beard and his style of play, and that's going to be something else to consider. But looking at the job now, no matter if you're looking to make a splash hire mm-hmm. or you're looking to just kind of make sure you hire the right guy uh, for the job, uh, you right now, I think, are looking at a, a very attractive job if you wanted to go out there and try to make a splash hire to bring somebody. And you pay top dollar. I mean, Chris Beard's one of the highest paid coaches in the country yeah. at the time. So if it's going to be a splash hire, it's like, hey, I'm coming in, but I demand top dollar. Texas can do that. Yeah. They can, they can make got that it. work. They got that. They've got that. So I don't know which way uh, CDC is going to go. Um, and, and, Patrick, you made a good point, too. You know, maybe they don't have to go anywhere. Best case scenario. Yeah, best-case scenario is Rodney Terry takes this team, they respond, they get into it for themselves, and they go down the stretch and play well and get into the tournament and play well in the tournament. Yeah. I think you've got to make it into the second weekend for Rodney Terry to be the head coach uh, next year. I think you have to at least make it into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, which is asking a lot. But before that, you have to have this team respond now, and you have to have them get through it. Now, you do have an older team. The main guy in your rotation who is under who is not a senior is Tyrese Hunter. Mm-hmm. But Marcus Carr, Serge Abari Rice, Timmy Allen, Chris B- Christian Bishop, Brock Cunningham, all these guys, Dylan DeSue is a senior. Mm-hmm. Like all these guys are seniors. So they have a little bit more time in the game where they can kind of listen to it and go, hey man, this may be my last shot. It's not like transferring anymore because I I mean I don't have any eligibility left. You're right. So I gotta play. I got all win. in. Yeah. So so you know sometimes you talk about Arterio Morris, then maybe he that moves on. But other than that, most of these guys they're pot committed. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is a big season for them, and I think Rodney Terry is a guy these guys believe in. So they just need to get behind him, and then at the end of the day, you just gotta play harder on defense. You just gotta want to focus on defense. But now that this distraction is settled and you can start to move past it because until today you could not move past this distraction. No, because you had no closure. You had no closure. And you didn't know. He could have been back. He could have been back coaching on this weekend. Yeah. They decided you didn't you I didn't know. Now you got your closure. Now you have your closure. Now you know okay this is Rodney Terry's team right now. He is going to be the one making all the decisions. 
uh, all the assistant coaches. I think it gives them a little bit more clarity that they are not now fighting for the head. Or you know, they're not trying mm-hmm. to. Jockey for position as much yep. that they can sit there and go. All right, this is Rodney's team. We need to go through this, and the more we win, all of us look good. Like all of us could stand to profit, and all of us could stand to have uh, career gains if this season goes well. Because everyone will go, man, they fought through that tough time. What a tough bunch of kids. What yep. a tough bunch of coaches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you can go the other way. So it's up to them now, and if they can fight through it. And the Big Twelve will reveal. Hey, it's what? a gauntlet, man. It's a season. <laughs> what kind of coach gauntlet. Rodney Terry is? Yeah. We'll, we'll know what kind of coach Rodney Terry is probably over the next two to three weeks. Awesome to say. We'll find out real quick. We we we've seen it in the first two games. I know, Don't forget. Hopefully that was an outlier. Hopefully that was not a trend or a pat. Hopefully I'm just hoping that it was a coincidence of some sort, and that versus Oklahoma State this weekend that we don't see that kind of defensive performance. If we do. Then CDC, you need to start check getting your list and checking it twice. I think he's probably already got that. He's probably list already. Well, yeah, that's yeah, his, that's his a, job, by yeah. the way. That is his. If he's not doing that, he's not yeah. doing his job. His job is to come up with that short list yep. and make the top guys on that list tell you no. And most of the specs text line, all we keep seeing is Jay Wright and Royal Ivy. It seems to be the two popular names among yeah, the people. Yeah, Billy Donovan is a name people are throwing out there. Okay. Uh, I mean, there are some guys. And look, there are guys who can go out and get. I don't think you're getting any midseason. I don't think it's a good idea to bring in a coach midseason and basically try and teach a new system yeah. in the middle of Big 12 play. I agree with that. And throw away, you know, what, six, seven games of your midseason, knock yourself way out of contention for the Big 12 championship and everything. I, I get it. If it gets bad in Big 12, you may have to do something. But we're not even close to that right now. You can go into Ohio State and reset the ship against a team that's really hot right now this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so now this 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 weekend's game it was already an intriguing game and matchup, but now it's taking on a a whole new meaning, if you will, uh, yeah. and the magnitude of it uh, that much more bigger. Cause I think the country's going to be watching now. Everybody wants to see how Texas responds after they get the news officially that it is no longer Chris Beard's team. It is Rodney Terry's team. It is his show. And I, I'm with you. I want to see the leaders step up. You talked about the experience they have, Patrick. they got a lot of leadership on this team. And they've done a good job in a crisis situation um, of, you know, trying to make sure that they still build a lot of camaraderie with that group and they stay a tight-knit group. Uh, but right now, it's going to be up to the leadership on that group to make sure that they are all in and they're a player-led team, but they're all in with their new coach, Rodney Terry. Yeah, this is uh, going to be a trying time for the team. And what we talked about before, when you start looking at the road games, right? We talked about Oklahoma, what mm-hmm. we were going to expect. Those kids came back. That place was fired up to get back to watch that game. I didn't get a chance to see if there were any signs in the in the stands or anything like that and what the pregame was going into that. But this week, now it's official. Now you're going to Stillwater where they don't care too much for you anyway. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how the crowd uh, participates and what the team is able to do with another road uh, trip in Stillwater. Yeah, I mean, those road trips, they get ugly. They get real they ugly. They get ugly because the crowds, uh, they, they, they'll they use all of your uh, your struggles. Yeah, for <laughs> and sure. your trials and tribulations against you uh, try to get in your head psychologically. So that's going to be a, a challenge for, for if, Texas. If someone wants to get uh, you know a comparison, it's not the same thing as in season. But a lot of people questioned Hubert Davis going into North Carolina last year. Deroy Williams had that team for so long. Mm-hmm. They had promoted from within, had an assistant coach take over. Yep. He had a very rough beginning of the season getting it over. That team played for the national championship last year. 
It's true. So I'm just saying there is some form of precedent, at least, of an assistant coach who had been with the program taking them to success. So it's not without the realm of the possibility. Now, though, they may have more NBA players on that team, and most of the guys stayed, but... But this team's got a high ceiling. This team has a high ceiling. ceiling. I'm just saying there is something to be said of, you know, not bringing somebody new, not changing the system, having stuff they already know and people they're comfortable with. There is a chance these guys can achieve because they want to win for Rodney Terry. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm with you. That's a good point, too. Uh, I like that comparison. I hope that is, ends up being the case. Uh, so, and I'm rooting for Rodney Terry, too. I mean, I have met Rodney Terry a few times. Uh, really cool guy. Uh, I know the, that my man Zay knows him really well, too. I know him real well, too. Uh, you know him really well, too. Yeah. So, we know he's a good guy. Everybody's rooting for Rodney Terry. Uh, uh, but, yeah, the defense has got to get better. Um, and I think that's got to be his top priority. And I thought you brought a good point, brought up a good point, too, Patrick. I wonder now that you have this interim tag, at least official for the rest of the season, if they will try to bring in maybe not another, another coach, coach, but maybe like an analyst, uh, con- you know, something, another, just another set of eyes. Because yeah. you, yeah, you you lost your you lost your best coach. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you were obviously you were handling the season so far without him anyway. But now it's official. You lost your best coach. You lost you know one of your your top basketball minds on that staff, and maybe bring in someone else. I wonder if they'll try to do that too. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm going to try to look up the. I know it's kind of mook because of a serious situation where a coach got fired for a domestic situation. But I was going to look at what Texas's odds were. To, to win, to or play for the national championship before yesterday, and what they are now. Oh, that's a good question. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we've all been talking about Texas. We believe this is a Final Four team. We thought that they were set up to be so with the experience. We all talked about they got all these guards that have played in this situation before, all been there. I'm trying to figure out how yeah. what I, the numbers would look like now with the coaching That, that might be harder to find just because I know – Normally, Vegas and college basketball don't get along great yeah. uh, throughout a lot of the season just because early in the season, man, it is a crapshoot. And there's probably mm-hmm. 120 teams that could win a national championship at the beginning yeah. of the season. Yeah. You're just like, oh, if they get hotter, if that guy, that rookie, that freshman turns mm-hmm. out to play well, there's just so many teams that could make a run. Or not 120, but like there's probably 40 or 50 no, teams what you mean. that yeah. could do it. And so Big you're like, number. it's just hard that there's usually not a lot of betting lines. And a lot of times, Vegas won't put down betting lines for college games until the day before. Just because so much can change in college basketball. Yeah, and if you do find recent ones, I wonder if you want to you want to find the odds before the K State game. Right, <laughs> right. Because that the K State game, the odds probably shifted a little bit. Oh, yeah, too. for sure. Just because of how the historical context of that butt whipping that Texas yeah. received there. But that is the big news. Uh, the big news is that Chris Beard has been fired and. When he has his first court date, which I believe is coming up later on this month, mm-hmm. um, we're not sure how that's going to go for him. Um, but we all believe, right, that Chris Beard will probably, if once he gets all these legal issues sorted out um, and, you know, gets his life sorted out and gets it back on track, he's going to be he's going to be offered a lot of jobs, just not at a at prestigious high level bas- college basketball programs. The lower level programs are going to be. Reaching out to Chris Beard. Where, where's, where, where's our Iona? Is that where Rick Patino is right now? I think he's at Iona. 
Okay. That's that. So that's where I'm not putting him in Patino because Patino has all kinds of no, other stuff but, but that's you, but, going but on. But that's your yeah. That's that your level. level. That level. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and we'll see how it plays out too. Because if he goes in and they end up dropping charges and everything else, then he can end up much quicker back Could. in a different school. If it ends up with he, you know, gets charged with something, even if it's not jail time, and the the girl, his his fiance leaves him, and all that, like there's a lot of things that could happen that make this much heavier and worse. Very true. So right. we just don't know, and so to make a guess right now is kind of is hard to do yeah. of where it will end up. But I, I, unless it's really really bad, I figure he'll play, he'll coach in the league again or coaching yeah. a division one Co- no. college sports has proven time and time again if you're good at your job yeah. they will overlook a lot of your past transgressions yeah and let's sins. put it this way unless he does hard time you i gotta, figure yeah. he's going to be a d1 coach yeah, yeah exactly yeah that's a good point uh all right uh we come back i want to i got a question for the people uh there's a, a great article over at dave campbell's texas football magazine that asks a really I think a poignant question um, about Texas, the state of football in the state of Texas. We'll get to that on the other side. Also, uh, I got some stats, some news notes, and nuggets from the NFL that I want to share. So we got a smorgasbord that we'll get to in Rod's rant of the day. Coming up next, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horns. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. I want to get to uh, an article written in Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine uh, online. It's a magazine like I'm an old, old head. <laughs> Was uh, it in the paper? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys know I still like my papers. So I, I am kind of old school that way. My man Mike Craven wrote this article. It's a really good article. I, I encourage you to go check it out for yourself. Uh, for those who don't know my man uh, Mike Craven, um, he used to work with the, uh, the state. Statesman, and now he's working with Dave Campbell, Texas Football Magazine. You can follow him at Craven Mike. At Craven Mike, does a really good job over there. Uh, but he had an article that he wrote about TCU's uh, national championship run that they've made, uh, getting to the national title game. And he goes through a lot of different nuggets, a lot of great stats about TCU, what makes them unique. Uh, but he talks about the Texas connection. Uh, that over 60% of their roster are native Texans. Uh, he talks about you know a lot of the coaching staff, a lot of the coaching staff being from the state of Texas, and they're really proud of that. Here's a quote from Joe Gillespie, the defensive coordinator. He said, obviously, us being the first college football playoff team from Texas brings about a lot of pride. Uh, he went on to say, that definitely puts our chest up and chin out, but more importantly, we're proud of these young men for banding together under a new staff and jumping into the deep end. Uh, he, uh, one little nugget, he had a little factoid he, bring, uh, he talks about in his story, I think brings up an interesting point, and I want to um, address that with, with you, Harge, and address that with the listenership here. He says, the state of Texas has only produced one FBS national champion in college football since 1971. And that was Texas with Vince Young in 2005. Yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, 17 right. years that. ago. <laughs> um, and he also points out the Longhorns reached the national title game in 2009 with Cole McCoy um, at the Rose Bowl. But Cole got injured, and we know how that ended. Um, and he said, you take away uh, the team in Austin and the state of Texas, 
claimed they nas- hadn't claimed their national title since Texas A&M back in 1939, and then TCU right before that, 1938, back when they thought Hitler was still a cool guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time ago. Uh, and he, basically, the whole point of the article, it's a great article, written, uh, well written, so uh, check it out for yourself. Essentially, why is that? Why has there only been you talking about the football mecca? I, I always you point out this that. this stat here because I keep up with it all the time. Uh, this past NFL draft, um, the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex had thirty eight former high school football players drafted in the NFL um, uh, since twenty twenty. So that, that's a, that's since twenty twenty. The only states in that time span to have more high school football players drafted than the DFW Metroplex in that time span are the state of Texas, mm-hmm. Florida, Georgia, and California. So just four states. Um, the greater Houston area has had 33 former high school football players drafted in the NFL since 2020. The only states with more former high school football players drafted in that time span, uh, Texas, Florida, Georgia, California, and Louisiana. Shout out to uh, Louisiana. So the point is there's tons of talent here. Um, and one of the reasons that you know he, he he suggests in his article is that man, if you could keep the talent of most of the top talent here in concentrated in one area and in one program, then you'd have a better shot at more representation from the state of Texas. Um, be, but because you have twelve different FBS programs, soon you're going to have thirteen. And, and by the way, Texas and a lot of these other universities don't recruit on the same level. Texas and Texas A&M does. Baylor sometimes and TCU, but not oftentimes do you have conflict in those recruiting areas. Texas and Texas A&M are recruiting on different levels. Nothing wrong with that, but TCU, they take pride, especially the Gary Patterson model. They take pride in taking a three-star and turning him into a five-star talent. Right. That's what they do. They don't want to get into recruiting battles with Texas. They feel like it's a waste of their damn time. And a lot of times they're right about that. But they have won a couple. Quentin Johnston is, is, is one, namely two. Um, but he brings up that maybe you just have all of the talent spread out too thin across the state. That's part of it, too. Um, and I, I, I think that one of the, the big issues, and, you know, Mac Brown was able to you know, consolidate a lot of that talent. I don't know if anybody in the state of Texas will ever be able to rule the state with an, kind of an iron fist the way in recruiting, the way Mac did, where he gets the top players and everybody else gets all of his leftovers. Got to spread the it trickle out, down. right? Yeah. yeah, now, because after 2010, when Mac Brown lost that stranglehold on the state, because Mac Brown used to walk in everybody's living room and he, he could, he could drop, just, just drop knowledge on you. And he'd drop some bombs on you like, we're the best football program in the state of Texas. That's go look at the the wins and the losses. Mm-hmm. That goes without saying. We got the best resources in the state of Texas. We got the best facilities in the state of Texas. And Austin is the best city in the state of Texas. He dropped them bombs on you. You go, yeah, actually, I don't know why I would go anywhere in Texas. I'm, I'm going there. Right. After 2010, Matt couldn't make that argument. He couldn't say he was the best football program in the state. Hell, he couldn't even argue at the best of facilities right. in the state. Couldn't argue that they were winning more games than anybody say. Couldn't argue he was sending more players to the NFL than everybody else. But, and so when he lost that recruiting pitch, it just became really tough to dominate the state in recruiting. And he basically, you know, after that, 
all of these, I always say that he ruled the state like a dictator. And once that dictator was, you know, once his power, all right, once he once lost the his rain power, came on. yeah, once he lost that power, he didn't rule the Iron Throne anymore. All of these different groups decided they wanted to take the Iron Throne, whether it was a TCU one year, a U of H one year, or a Baylor one year. It was always a different program in the state of Texas rather than Mac Brown's domination for over 10 years. Um, you never, I don't think you're ever going to have that again. I know no. people say, what about Texas? I don't think Texas is ever going to be able to do that again, considering the Big Ten now loves to recruit in the state of Texas. The SEC will continue, because you're going to the SEC, to recruit the state of Texas really, really hard. Uh, Oklahoma's lifeblood is the state of Texas, too. You talked about so, Notre Dame saying that they're going to be coming Marcus here now. Marcus Freeman said yep. he wanted, he's going to some of that state of Texas. Yep. Pac-12. Yep. Lincoln Riley knows all about the state of Texas. He ain't going to stop recruiting Texas. And now your boy is over <laughs> in Colorado. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Brewster. Brewster. Brewster over there, so he yeah. knows about Texas. Yeah. Dion know, certainly knows about the Texas. For sure. So it's just, it's, it, it is no way to be able to monopolize all that talent again. So that's probably a big reason. But he brings up a good point about, you know, TCU and what a, really what a Cinderella miracle story it truly is. Because they have not, they're probably considered, and I wouldn't, uh, there's a great article of Football Scoop, and I encourage uh, to go check it out there. He did a great job kind of breaking down the um, the blue chip yep. ratio of TCU that. and kind of the blue chip ratio of Georgia. And Georgia, based on their recruiting the last couple of years, Georgia is considered to be the second most talented team based on you know, star grades and evaluations, recruiting grades, and based on blue chip ratio. They're considered to be the second most talented team in the country. And TCU, based on those very same rankings, are around 32nd. Yeah. Hell, Texas is probably considered somewhere in the top 10 to 15 there, too. Hell, they might be easily in the top 10 in terms of most talented teams. They, they are year after year, but they underachieve because talent is underdeveloped, and we know this story. I'm not going to waste your time there. Uh, but Georgia, even though they set the, the record for most players drafted in the 2021 draft, they still, even though that's the case, they lost a lot of talent, they still may have the second most talented roster in all of college football. And then you have TCU, ultimate Cinderella story, wasn't even ranked until October 2nd in the rankings. They were picked to finish 7th in the Big 12, 5-7 and seven a year ago, entered the season 200-1 to one odds to win the national title. And you go look at their roster and you say, man, how in the hell does it stack up to Georgia? How will it? Max Duggan, he was a four-star. He's a blue chip, top 250 uh, recruit in the country. Um, Kendra Miller, three-star, UTSA flip. Uh, Imari DeMicardo, three-star from the uh, JUCO. Uh, Quinn Johnson, remember the Longhorns wanted him really bad. So he's another guy that's a blue chip. He'll be a first-round pick. But Tay Barber, the other wide receiver, three-star. Uh, Darius Davis is a three-star. Yeah, we know Jared Wiley, their starting tight end, Texas transfer. Mm-hmm. He was a quarterback that turned into a tight end, so he's a three-star. The offensive line, three-star from JUCO, Brandon Coleman, a three-star in Steve Avila. Uh, Allen Ali is a was a three-star. Um, Wes Harris uh, was a four-star, so you got a blue chip there. Andrew Collier, three-star. And you got three guys on there that are NFL prospects on that O-line. Linebackers, Jamar Hodge, three-star, a Juco guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Johnny Hodges, no stars, Navy transfer. D. Winters was a safety that turned linebacker, three-star. Dylan Horton, 
three-star. Uh, Dominic Williams, three-star. Terrell Cooper, two-star. Josh Newton, two-star. Bud Clark, good player. Four-star. Uh, Abe Kamara, three-star. Millet Bradford, three-star. These are all the guys on defense. Uh, Perry, three-star. Uh, Trevius Hodges Tomlinson, three-star. He won the Thorpe Award. Yeah. It, when you start breaking down just the, the talent disparity, it is a huge Grand Canyon-sized gap there. But what TCU has done in terms of making up that ground, number one, they do it with experience. They got eight fifth- and sixth-year seniors on their starting 22, eight players with at least 30 starts uh, in their, uh, on their team, 14 players with at least 20 starts. Um, they only got really only one first- or second-year player that's seeing significant snaps. And health has been huge. They're going to end up starting – possible 75 starts out of 75 starts on the offensive line. Not one of their offensive linemen has missed a start. That's amazing, that, too. That is amazing. When you That's think, amazing. About, you think really about that position and what we were just talking about, how Texas – not Texas, but the Cowboys were rotating through different offensive linemen because they had depth. You just said that none of them have missed a start. None of them missed a start. They won't because they're all going right. to start the In game. The national championship something crazy game. happens, not yeah. going for TCU. But – that's yes, a crazy. It's, a, it's amazing when you just look at this. The, the they are the ultimate Cinderella story. There's a good chance we may not see a Cinderella story like this in the college football playoff, even when it gets expanded. Um, and, and and Gary Patterson does. You can see his fingerprints all over this thing. You really can, because you go look at those players like Dylan Horton. He was a 200 pound safety who had signed with New Mexico, transferred to TCU, and now he's a 6'4", 275 pound defensive end. Everybody Coming knows off that's, the a, edge. that's a Gary Patterson yeah. project if we yeah, ever seen exactly. one. Everybody's like, what the hell? Wait, just, what position you play? Yeah. I'm going to move you exactly. over here. Because yeah. you're athletic. Right? I got a vision yeah. for you. D. Winter, same thing. He was yeah. a 192 pound safety, and now he's one of the best linebackers in the country. Remember, as, like Garrett Wallow did that. Hell, he does that with a lot of guys. And one thing I think that helps them out, too, they're fast. That also represents kind of state of Texas. They're, they're fast, man. They're, yeah. they're one of the fastest teams in college football, and they're just one of the most experienced teams in college football. So experience, speed, and scheme have really closed the gap, that talent disparity that they've had uh, at a disadvantage uh, against other opponents um, because the scheme, the three three five. remember, it ain't even 10 years old. Right. It ain't even 10 years old. 2016 is when you start seeing that three high, three down. It ain't, so it's, and it's the it, craze now. Exactly. It's really yeah. tough for all of these, these teams around the country to adapt to that 3-3-5, three, three, lure us into a false sense of security. They can run the ball on TCU, and a lot of people have uh, chosen poorly. Um, so I, I think that's helping them, that scheme. And, you know, they, they're running the air raid. First time a team representing uh, the air raid offense in the national title game since – 2000 when Oklahoma won the national title running the air raid offense and with that Bob Stoops defense which at the time was a very innovative defensive guy right and it worked out and that's kind of what they got working for them too got a very innovative scheme that's pretty cutting edge so I just want to throw that out there because I think it's it's they are going to represent the state of Texas I'm rooting for them I know people long fans don't like it I'm what rooting, chance do you I, give I them to the win uh, I don't. I'm not confident that they're going to be able to win. I just think that. You think that big over, number, thirteen and a half. I think they can keep it within a number, yeah. no doubt. Okay. Uh, but man, Kirby Smart's a hell of a coach, and they just have so much talent. They gave up 800 yards passing in the last two games. They have. Yep, they have. So no, there's no, no, some can, exploitation that can is. be there that can be had. It is. No, it definitely can. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. And Kirby looked like. How did we win that game? Yeah. Like, no, he, he thought right. that they was over. Stetson Bennett was over there crying, took off his wristband, his play sheet, 
on his arm, and he was like, oh, man, I got in position. I don't know. We won. I know. We won. If there is a team that seems like they're a team of destiny, it does seem to be TCU. It does seem to be. If, that if, if, you've, if, you, if you own a team of destiny thing and you believe, like, man, they just seem like they're – they're the if I had to pick like the hot team, I, I know TCU lost because they lost in the Big Twelve title game. But I do feel they're like still T- hot though. Yeah, they still feel hot to me. They were one inch away they from winning st- yeah. the Big Twelve championship. They still feel yeah. like a team. Like they got two pick sixes in a game versus Michigan. Yeah, and that was a hell of a game plan. They just feel like they got that mojo. But we'll see. They're the ultimate Cinderella story. Usually, I say Cinderella's a gold digging skank, but I like this one. I like my Cinderellas in purple. I was going to say. She yeah. got that kryptonite. Yeah, exactly. That That hurt. That hurt. That That hurt. I like rooting for the state, and I like rooting for the conference. So I'll I'll be lame and do that. Uh, but I'll, I'm rooting for TCU. I don't know if I'm picking them just yet. Okay. We'll figure that out later. All right. Um, all right uh, coming up next, uh, you guys got off the record. I'm getting out of here. I got to go head to San Antonio for uh, – for the, uh, the My meetings. man's finna go have a meeting. Okay, the, the, the meetings are official for the coaching staff. Trying to get these youngsters. So, uh, yeah, so I'm hitting the road, but uh, I appreciate you guys. Always, right? brother. As always. Be safe. All right, uh, so I'm getting out of here, but come on back, my boys. They got you off the record. Uh, coming up next right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. Welcome back to New Theme Thursday. And the theme is uh, today is National Bird Day, right? National Bird Day. National Bird Day. So all the songs have been based on birds. Yeah, all the song uh, titles got birds or birds in the title or the word bird. This bird, one's bird, Three bird. Little Birds by Bob Marley. Everybody's trying to wait for you to go bird, 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 bird's <laughs> word. We're waiting to see if that's going to be played. Uh, we're going to go into off the record, and this one's going to hit a little closer to home because of the fact that it's going to be in San Antonio. As a matter of fact, our, our man Rob Babers is on his way to San Antonio, actually to the Alamo Dome, as he's going to be helping with the All-American game down there this weekend as they're going to start the combine uh, tomorrow morning. Got to be there for meetings tonight. But I want to go to the Alamo Dome right now, Patrick, because we've talked about the San Antonio Spurs, and we know that the Spurs are going to be playing here at Moody uh, Center as well. Yeah. But then you also have the Spurs that are going to be playing in San Antonio next Friday night against the Golden State Warriors. And first off, we were talking about ticket prices. You and I and Rob were talking about ticket prices and how outrageous they are. And we'll get back to that in a second because I know you're going to voice your opinion about that. But the fans that go to this game are going to be treated to the 1990s rap duo tag team as they're going to be they're going to be set to perform at halftime. So for those that are the younger crowd, if you're older, you know who tag team is. But if you're the younger crowd, you're thinking of tag team in the commercial. The Geico Scoop, commercial. There it is. <laughs> Scoop. There Scoop it is. It. That's the last thing, the best thing they've done in 20 years. <laughs> exactly. But what are your thoughts on them performing? There's also going to be San Antonio native uh, Allie Brooke, who is part of Fifth Harmony, is going to be singing the national anthem before that game. What are your thoughts on the uh, duo tag team performing at halftime? Man, this is this is somebody who. Like, this all seems put together, and it was so close to being such a cool thing. And then they got greedy. And I don't know if it's that they sold all the tickets and second-party sites are raising the tickets up to, to ex, you know, higher values. But what they should have done is go, hey, man, we're going to a building that was built in the 90s. 
and it looks like it. <laughs> and we're going to have a band that was good in the 90s. And we're going to remember the 90s with ticket prices from the 90s. Yo, that but they want to bring the ticket prices from down the street yeah. to the 90s game. And you go, no, man, chart. you want to put 50,000 people? Because I looked, and there's thousands upon thousands of tickets still available. Well, because if I'm looking at these prices, and there are some decent seats, but to your point, you're going to be in the nosebleed, you're going to need your binoculars, and you're not going to be able to see the game properly. Yeah, and, and by the way, this is nosebleeds in a football stadium, not a basketball stadium. Like, Correct. It is a big place. And I've been there. I used to, we used to go all the time, yep. and I've been at every level of there. But they used to have it uh, blocked off halfway, right? They used Correct. to have the curtain up. I don't think they're having the curtain up. I think they're doing it more uh, stuff they've done during March Madness and other stuff like that where they'll do the whole building. I, I just I don't get how you can be like, hey man, here's seats that are okay. They're two hundred plus dollars a ticket. So for you to go to this kind of throw off game on a Friday night against a team that the, the Spurs team doesn't have the product that Devin Vassell's going in to have surgery now, so one of your better players yep. is going to be out. You're hoping Steph Curry comes back, but is that your selling point? Hey, come on, see Steph Curry. I mean, he plays here all the time, and you've probably seen, but but if you haven't, <laughs> pay two hundred dollars to see him in a worse building, right? Like I don't, I don't get this unless the tickets were cheap and you really wanted it. I, the thing was, they keep going. We want to come on, guys. We want to set the all-time record. You're like, cool. You know, you can make that easier, right? You definitely you, can make it easier. Y'all controlled the price points, <laughs> so you can't tell me, guys. You guys are letting us down. You won't, you won't come out there. We're not paying the team any money. We're not, you know, we're gonna we have a really low salary cap. We're gonna, we're not, we're tanking, which I'm fine with. Yep. But then we're gonna do all this, and we want you to give us some more money. I that it it. It bothers me because I love my Spurs, <laughs> and I want this to be good. And I was so excited when they announced it because I was like, dude, they're going to sell like $5 tickets in the upper deck. It'll sell out. $5 tickets. And then you can go old school and you would be like, all right, you want to get in the club section? It's like, you know, $75 to $100. We can add extra stuff in the club section. And then we'll get down the meds. And then you get like $100 tickets at the back. And then you get up. And then the front tickets will be expensive because you still want to get that front money. Right. But – when you're starting out $200 in club level and stuff like that, there's just not enough people in San Antonio who have that kind of money that really want to go relive it when they go, man, well, I can go to an AT&T Center game because there's tickets available to all them. Right, and that's that was my biggest question when you start looking at it. Tag team is going to be there. Is that why they're trying to raise the ticket prices so you get in a concert? No. No, that's not even the point. Tag team ain't paying that much. <laughs> Tag team did a full, did an hour and a half concert. They ain't charging that much. Now, and that's the point that I'm trying to make. I mean, when you look at it and you're trying to figure out what is what is the goal of this, like I said, they're going to be coming to Austin as well. Uh, it's not going to look like that. And if you were paying that much money, I would pay it for this one, yeah. not that venue there. No, and if, I'm, if I have to drive to San Antonio, go to a building that, like, I – Unless they're spending, unless they need this to renovate the Alamo Dome, and yep. they're they've already spent the money. The money's been spent. And they've renovated it. I've been there several times. People were just there this a uh, couple weeks ago for the Texas Bowl game. Yeah, and but they well they weren't there for basketball, and that's the other part about it. You're, you it's never a good arena when you're playing basketball in a football stadium. It's really hard to enjoy the game. Yeah, and then it leads into, too, if you do it correctly, you have to raise the court. Yep. And, and if you raise the dangerous. court, yes. then it's more dangerous, but it also means that the tickets that cost the most are not as good as seats anymore because now the court's raised up, so you're not eye-to-eye with the guys. You have to look up. 
it's it's just a weird thing that I don't get why they charge so much for tickets to this game. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. So unless it is second party sites built bought all of these tickets and they are gonna, but if they do that, they're losing money because people aren't gonna buy them. Right. And yeah, like, this is a tough situation, but. Are you going to go to the game? That's the biggest no, question. No, and there's the other part. It's a 6.30 game on a Friday. Oh, yeah. This I have to take terrible. the day off of work yeah, to get out there and get to my Austin to San Antonio in time to get there. Yeah. So you're cutting out your Austin market because you put it 6.30, not 7.30. That's a good point. That I, is a really thing, good point. You know who you should have played this game against? Not Golden State. You should have played against the Knicks because that's who we played in the NBA Finals in that building. I was at one of them games. So you could have made it. Hey, remember in 1999, we played in the NBA Finals. Here's tag team. Here's the New York Knicks. <laughs> tickets are the same price. Was that price. the number one song Tickets are the, the same price for that season, the 99 season. Tickets are the same price for that. We're going to do this, and we're going to sell it out. And you were like, in San Antonio would have loved you for it. But you I like got that. greedy. I like that. You got greedy. I like the way you put that. You could have made it a throwback game, sold out that arena, and made it look really, really cool. But instead, you raise the ticket prices. People may not even be there. And I'm sure that all games for the Spurs are on TV. So it's not going to be good to watch it with uh, some empty seats that are there. But I'm sure some hey, corporate we'll sponsors are going to you know, be there. We'll have it on during the show because it's a 6.30 game, Harsh. Because <laughs> yeah. I had a friend that was like, oh, I'll buy tickets for us to go. And I was like, cool. And then I looked, I'm like, I have to. I can't do the show that day. I That's, have to take yeah. the entire show off yeah, we don't to be able to that. get down there in time and park and everything else because it's a nightmare to park down at the Alamo Dome most oh, of the yeah. time. And you're, especially if you're doing full stadium. Right. It, it's... Yeah, that's a tough look. So the Spurs have disappointed my man Patrick. We're going to talk a little bit about the Spurs uh, in the next hour because the Spurs did take an L last night to, you know what I'm talking about, to the Spurs. To the Spurs. So we'll have that and a lot more in our final hour of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn.